It's time for the Fantasy Points Podcast, brought to you by FantasyPoints.com. Top-level fantasy football and NFL betting analysis from every perspective and angle, from numbers to the film room, with a single goal to help you score more fantasy points. Yo, welcome in to another episode of On The Clock. I am your host, Brett Whitefield, and I've got another very special guest today. This is my main man, D-Bro, Derek Brown of Fantasy Pros. He is, uh, he's a good friend of mine in real life, and we've also been co-workers now at two, well, at one company, and now we're just really good friends. But I do mess up Fantasy Pros all the time. I tell people, like, religiously that you're from fantasy points and they're like oh really you guys work together i was like no he works at fantasy points and they're like you work at fantasy points i was like i mean fantasy bros he works at fantasy bros so d bro uh what did your twitter handle by the way is is d bro underscore ffb there it is d bro underscore ffb we gotta push the twitter handles here brett oh absolutely he's worth a follow if you don't follow him He's one of my favorite guys in the fantasy space altogether. He's he's an absolute juggernaut. I instantly gained respect for Derek because there's not a lot of people in the world that work as hard as me, and Derek's one of them. So, Aww. yeah, wow, love so love the man unite. dearly. <laughs> What's that? Grinders unite. We have uh, we might be divorced by the time we hit forty five, <laughs> and we might not. We already don't have any hair, so I mean, you know. This True. is the end result of what the grind does to you people. So if you want to look like us, sign up. True. All right. So for you listeners out there, um, we've been talking about this draft guy that's going to come out on Fantasy Points. Um, I know I've I've been teasing it to Derek as well, but this thing's going to be awesome. We're going to do, you know, probably close to 200 prospects when it's all said and done. Maybe more than that, depending on what my schedule allows me to get to. But we're not just doing – the, the skill players, we're not just doing quarterbacks, running backs, receivers, tight ends. We're going to get into the defense side of the ball. We're going to go deep on the O-line. We're doing all the tape. So look for that coming out probably middle of March to end of March. Um, once the combine is here and done, um, you'll really start to see more info about that dropping. And, you know, individual player prospects will be popping up on the website as well. So that is a very exciting thing going on. Today, though, Debro and I are going to talk about three prospects. I gave him the same format I gave Mr. Marino yesterday. We're doing a guy Derek's higher on than most. We're doing a guy Derek is lower on the most. And then we're doing a guy that we disagree on. And uh, we've been fighting about this guy since Senior Bowl week because Derek was down in Mobile hanging out with uh, the crew as well. So without further ado, let's get into that, Derek. Uh, let's start with... BYU wide receiver, Puka Nakua. This is a guy you're higher on than most, and I actually agree. I like Puka very much. Yeah, I, I, I love that when I texted you and I said Puka, your immediate response was, oh, yes. Um, <laughs> so it's going to be a good time, man. I like Puka, and honestly, I think it's blasphemous, the fact that this man's getting, what, like a fourth-round grade. Um, I've seen even lower than that. I, and to me, I see that is that all the time. That's absolute insanity. Puka Nakua has a third round grade for me. Honestly, I could make you a really good case that he should possibly go back into the second. Um, you're looking at a wide receiver that if he would have gone to an SEC school, bigger school, larger program, 
he would be getting more praise than he's getting. Like over the last two seasons, Brett, he's been top top six, so second and sixth in yeah. yards per route run against all wide receivers of 50 more targets. He's been top 30 in PFF receiving grade. The dude is, I mean, basically my comp for him was Dollar Store Depot Samuel. He Ooh. He's tough. He's tough after the catch. He's a yak machine. They used him um, also on the ground. I mean, over his collegiate career, 39 carries, 357 rushing yards, 9.2 per carry, and five uh, scores on the ground. So you know that utility is there, and BYU is like, look, we got to get the ball in this dude's hands any way we possibly can. And so there's just so many different ways that I love Puka. Like, not only the utility to be used in the running game, jet sweeps, jet motion, things like that, but also he has got a really outstanding set of hands. You see him running out routes, um, routes near the boundary, and the dude has great feet and strong hands. Like, he was 17th in contested catch rate in 2021. So I don't understand why the draft community is, is not giving this dude enough love. He's the only reason that Jaron Hall was even talked about at Senior Bowl. Like Facts. He, like, Puka, Jaron Hall needs to basically send Puka, like, a gift basket and say, thank you for allowing me to go to Mobile. Because without Puka, <laughs> Jaron Hall was not sniffing Mobile. Yeah, Puka was, I mean, I, I like what you said, the the dollar store Debo Samuel. Because, really, you can use him a lot of the same ways. And he has that make-you-miss ability that Debo has. He bounces off a lot of arm tackles. And what I love about Puka more than anything, dude, is his competitiveness and toughness is insane. Oh, dude. This is a dude who gets oh. after on every play. I mean, he's a brawler in the run game, too. Like, he legit tries to pancake people any chance he gets as a wide receiver. I mean, teams love that kind of mentality. And Puka does all the small things well, right? Like, yep. he, he reminds me of, uh, like, USC's been producing a lot of these receivers that do all the small things well, whether it was Michael Pittman or Amon Ross St. Brown. Like, mm -hmm. these guys really understand how to be friendly to your quarterback. And Puka's out there, whether he's pancaking dudes in the run game or, or really working with Jaron Hall in the scramble drill. It's one of the things I really I take notes on is, like, yep. do you have an guys understanding of how to, to – the quarterback. Exactly. He, yep. made, he made life really easy on, on Jaron Hall in the scramble drill game. Um, really, you know, he's not the best separator necessarily, but he runs detailed enough routes. Um, mm -hmm. He definitely cares about that. You see him working on that part of his game. Um, as his career went on at BYU, he got better and better at his route running and his separation slowly started coming along. Um, another thing I'd throw at you too, Derek, like I see Justin Jefferson level body control. And Dude. from a play style standpoint, I'm not saying he's that's the ceiling. I'm not saying Justin's no, his ceiling, but talk about if you want a guy with pure body control, yes. He's a magician near the boundary. Like you see this dude make tough catch after tough catch after tough catch near the boundary and to what that lends itself to brett is if you have that type of body control shit i want to see you used in the red zone man like yep. those are the type of drills where you're like okay who is going to be the guy where we could run a boot out to the side and sit here and hit you on the sideline or throw a fade in the end zone and yep. use that body control in the red zone so i love everything you said man like i i think puka is being massively slept on and some team is going to get a i mean Honestly, like he he could be a starter from week one. I think that honestly, looking at his game and the utility, he could walk in and be a starter in week one in the NFL because he brings the entire total package. Yep. His physical, 
he runs good routes and the thing i wanted to see out of him and we only saw him for one day in mobile and then he peaced out you know like yeah. there was rumors maybe he had a he had a foot injury i don't know if that was real or not because you know we've seen a la alec pierce last year leave early from senior bowl because of an injury i saw alec pierce leaving like getting on a flight and he wasn't walking with a damn limp but basically his agent said look you've done enough homie it's time for you to get out you're good and so that's honestly like i'm kind of curious if we see a lot of buzz on puka the closer we get to the draft and his stock massively rises especially after the combine yeah and Combine will be big for him, too, because I do think Puka is probably slept on as an athlete. Yes. I don't think he's, like, a freaky athlete by any means, nope. but I think he's a plus athlete. I already yeah. made the Amon Ross St. Brown comparison to the the way he does all the small things like Amon Ross did at USC, but that was an aspect of Amon Ross. People didn't realize how good of an athlete he was until he tested, yep. and I think Puka's going to do a lot of – he's not going to run some crazy 40. He might even be a, no. a mid-4-5s guy, but he's going to do other things fives. well. Yeah. I think the mid four fives, I think a short area will be fine. And yep. the one thing I wanted to bring up Mobile. Yes. And, and the one thing I wanted to bring up Mobile is the limited route running we saw at Senior Bowl before he pieced out, hopped on a jet plane, and was never seen again, was that I wanted to see could he get separation on curls and comebacks? And I saw that yep. at Senior Bowl, and I was like, okay, that's that's all I need to see. That's all I need to see. If you can gear down and you can get late separation as well as early separation, because you can look at his tape and late separation is littered throughout of it. But can, can you get open early and can you get open late? And I'm like, okay, you can good. We're good. Especially because he's, because he's not the fastest guy in the world. Mm -hmm. He, his only way to really stack cornerbacks and threaten that outside shoulder is with technique. Yep. So the fact that he is able to generate so much separation on those hitches and comebacks speaks to, you know, he is an underrated route runner. I do firmly believe that. You just said something, though, that really sticks out to me with, in regards to him, and that's um, late separation. You talked about the contested catches with him. I, anytime somebody references contested catches at the college level, it's kind of a red <laughs> flag. Like, oh, shoot, why is this guy in so many contested yep. situations? But I do something called true contested catch rate. Now, I haven't gone through and charted everybody yet, but one thing I noted in Puka's uh, draft notes when I wrote him up was, listen, a lot of these contested catches aren't Puka Nakua problems. Nope, they're not. This is quarterback issues. This is the ball yep. coming out late. This is the ball coming out without yep. re- requisite velocity. This is the ball coming out in inaccurate spots and, and taking him into contested situations. So... I mean, this I, is this is the Drake London conversation all over again. Yeah, it really like, is. Everybody yeah. was talking about contested catches with him, and I'm like... What you really need to talk about is how bad Keaton Slovis is. Yes. It's not Drake London's fault. He can't throw the damn ball to himself. Exactly. Puka can't throw it to himself. He had to deal with Jaron Hall at BYU. That's not his fault. Yep. Yep. All right. I think we covered Puka very well. We're both high on him. Derek, I got a I got a, a day two grade on Puka myself. I don't know where you're at, but Yeah, that's exactly where I'm at. Like I could see, like, I put him on the, the the round two, round three borderline. Like, I would not be shocked if he round he went round two. I don't think he goes there only because NFL teams are dumb. Um, and it's deep. But, like, I, I, yeah. I mean, I think, like, he gets some buzz and stuff like that. We're probably looking at him being in the, in the round three conversation. Yep. All right. Virginia wide receiver, Dontavian Wicks. 
when you texted me or mentioned to me on the phone, maybe that this is a guy you want to talk about. I was, I was in on this one too, because I've seen Wicks getting a lot of day two hype yes. and I don't see it. So when no. you said you don't see it, it was a perfect, perfect guy to discuss on the pot. So I, dude, I, I don't see it at all. Like I, I don't really understand why. And I think a lot of this comes down to what he did at senior bowl. And yes, did he show more route nuance and that he could separate in the short and intermediate more than I thought he could. Sure. Does that discount his entire collegiate profile and say, well, you know, he's really the guy that we saw in mobile <laughs> and not the guy that we saw at, at Virginia for two freaking seasons. No, that's not the case. Like you yep. have to marry all these different things. Is it like, okay, can he run routes a little bit better than I thought? Sure. Does that change how I'm viewing his trans translation to the NFL? No. In the yep. sense that his best season at Virginia in 2021, the dude was a field stretcher. And that's what I look at him uh, as Brett. Like he is a field stretcher a with poor hands. Yes, he is. You hit the nail on the head, man. He is a stretch wide receiver. That is a burner with bad hands. Yep. Like you're looking at a wide receiver that last year in 2022, he dropped 23.1% of his targets, which was the highest amongst all FBS wide receivers with at least 50 targets. Like imagine how frustrating that would be as a fan watching him play. <laughs> oh dude. It's, it's basically, it'd be the equivalent of watching Quez Watkins drop a freaking easy touchdown in the super bowl. Oh wait, we saw that happen too. Yep. Um, so with Wicks, I mean, that's all it comes down to, man. You you saw in 2021, he was used in the role that he should have been used in, in that he was eighth in dot, ninth in yards per route run amongst all wide receivers, at least 50 targets. Mm -hmm. But then you saw him try, they tried to convert him into a higher volume guy, use him in the short areas of the field in 2022. And basically every one of his metrics tanked. Like he yep. was outside the top two fit or the top 230 wide receivers. Like 230 wide receivers finished better than him in PFF receiving grade and yards per route run. He is just, he is what he is, man. He's fast. He could stretch the field and he's got bad hands. That's yep. not a guy that I want to sit here and be talking about in day two conversation. Like, correct. Not, not at all. Like, that is a round four, round five type of wide receiver and no higher for me. And that's assuming that he runs really well with the combine. Right, and I, I, I'm actually I'm in the camp that I don't think he's going to run as fast as some are nope. saying he's going to run. I've heard nope. four threes talk, and I think that's absurd. <laughs> Shit, I no, think he he's running a four three. No, I think a good a good run for him would be four four five to to yep. high four fours. I think he he should yep. be happy if he runs that. I, um, I put him as a four five guy, and I, I'm with you. I think if he gets in the four fours, he should be like kissing his cleats after he finishes running. Yeah. Um, another note with him too, Derek, is he offers you literally nothing in the the rack game, the yep. run after catch. I mean, you can't you can't scheme him throws because he he's it's weird for how competitive he plays at the catch point. I will give him credit for that. He does have good ball skills because remember, there's a difference between ball skills yep. and hands. So he doesn't have good hands, but he does have good ball skills, the ability to track the ball and get himself in position to catch the ball. Mm -hmm. He just oftentimes doesn't catch it once he does that. So for a guy who's so competitive in that regard, it's weird to see him not be competitive with the ball in his hands. Um, I, I agree with you. I mean, my, yeah. my, my write-up legitimately says immediate lightning fast acceleration, consistently stacks corners, but he body catches. His ball tracking is good, but mm -hmm. his hands are bad. Yeah. He must track balls on feel, and then 
I don't know. And then I don't know what happens with the hands from that point on, but it's it's interesting. Um, what do you think about his release package? Because I've seen a lot of people touting it. I, I think it's okay. It's inconsistent it's okay. to me, though. I think it's okay. I mean, you're looking at a guy like his release pack. He has speed releases. Like he yeah. relies on his speed to get open. And I just don't know how well that's going to translate at the next level. Like I don't look at him as a guy that <laughs> does does two different things. Like he's not a guy that I watch and I'm like, okay, he has good enough footwork and a varied release package to get off the line if he is pressed. And number two, I don't I don't see a lot of nuance in his route running either. To like where he's going to basically he's a guy that like if he can't run by you then he's Correct. probably going to have some problems all the nuance in his route running is in the vertical stems yes. there's no yes. if he's working back to the quarterback it's poor if he's working across the field it's poor mm-hmm. um it's it's all those those vertical stems so yeah you you really look at like it's vertical stems and maybe some subtleties like when he runs like a post or corner because i think that when he does have change of direction the one thing you can also say about his game is he doesn't lose a lot of acceleration, a lot of speed when he changes direction. So that helps right. him. But again, you know, running by guys at freaking Virginia is going to be a lot different than running by guys in the NFL. Right. And he wasn't crushing them either. No, like, there was a different, like if you put on Christian Watson, say from last year, he was a small school guy who ran by guys, but when he would run by guys, it was by 10 yards. <laughs> he was, yeah, like, he would crush them, leave them in the dust. Yeah. Yep. So big time difference there. I just look at him as he probably is going to, if he gets drafted on day two, people are going to, the expectations for him are going to be set way too high. I look at uh, Wicks is probably settling in as like a wide receiver four on an NFL depth chart. That's being asked to, uh, to be a deep threat guy in situational um, aspects. And I'm comfortable with him as that role. Like, yeah, same. I'll, I'll take him in the fifth round. I've got I've got a fifth round grade on him, or, or a you know yep. mid day three grade. Yep. Um, and he's a developmental guy for me, though. He's not a guy I want playing no. right away, or I'm going to ask him to play special teams. Um, where were you at on Braylon Sanders last year? I was I was lower on Braylon Sanders for okay. some of the same reasons. Like, yeah, um, he he was a speed guy, but basically, um, I think honestly, Braylon's a, a really good kind of comparison where. You're looking at similar kind of skills. The Senior Bowl helped him a ton because yep. if he didn't go to the Senior Bowl, he would not have been drafted as high as he was. Correct. Yeah, that's yep. so. That's why I threw that out there because they remind me of each mm-hmm. other. Sanders though had way more reliable hands. Yes, his hands um, were immensely better. Mm-hmm. Like I, the comp that I came up for with with Wicks was uh, Leonard Hankerson. If anybody uh, is out oh. there and remembers him. <laughs> That's an old school cop. I like it. It's, it's an old school one, man. But look, you know what? I go back in the uh, the treasure trove of names and skill sets and stuff like that. I mean, it, it's just it's hard when you're doing comps like and people need to understand this. It, not everybody can be a freaking all pro. So please stop comping everybody to all pros and pro yeah. players. Like if that was the case, we, we'd have no depth chart guys like everybody be freaking like blowing the league up every year. But that's not the case. So yeah you know be real I, I don't like comps myself and when I do comps I don't I flat out I won't do floor ceiling comps no. I don't do it I do play style comps so when I'm same when I'm making a comp to a guy it's like oh when I watched him he reminded me of this player yep like the puka to Justin Jefferson thing it's not that I think he's remotely as good as Jefferson it's that yeah. he showed flashes to me it looked like Justin Jefferson playing in that particular moment mm-hmm. so um yeah I, I totally agree with you there but 
All right, let's get into Evan Hall, who I think <laughs> is an underdog. You think he's an underdog. And with that said, I've got to do a word from our sponsors, which is underdog fantasy. It's a great site. It's a best ball mania time. If you are into the draft, which I'm sure you are, because you're listening to this podcast, the 2020 2020-2022 NFL season is over, but the fantasy football season never stops at underdog fantasy. The easiest place to play fantasy football. Right now, you can draft an underdog's the big board tournament with $1 million in total prizes and 200 k given to first place. Think you know which incoming rookies will burst onto the scene in 2023? Well, if so, now is your chance to draft them at a value. All you have to do is join the big board, draft your fantasy team, and that's it. In best ball, there are no waivers, no trades, and you get the best scores in your starting lineup each week of the season. And whoever has the highest scores at the end of the season wins. Just head to underdogfantasy.com, the App Store, or Google Play Store, sign up with the promo code FANTASYPTS, and you will get your first deposit doubled up to $100. Oh, and there's more. Sign up using the code FANTASYPOINTS at Underdog, and you get a Fantasy Points standard subscription for just 5 bucks. That's Underdog Fantasy, promo code FANTASYPTS. And remember, new Underdog users who sign up with our code get a Fantasy Points sub for five freaking dollars. I mean, right. that's that's a good deal. Not only the fact that um, we're talking about best ball right now. Uh, Evan Hull, currently on underdog, is going outside the top 230 players. So That's probably oh, accurate. Oh, baby. Um, yeah, because people are sleeping on him. Um, but, you know, with that, why don't we just transition to why, why you're taking a nap on Evan Hall there, Brett? Whoa, whoa, whoa. This pod's about you, sir. You, you need to sell me on Evan Hall. I need to be sold. No, here's what I, I'll give you my little spiel, and then I'll let you fire away. Yeah, How about I want to see your notebook. Come on. I'm throwing this right. back on the host here. So Evan Hall is this. So my big issue with this running back class, Derek, is there are a lot of guys that can play. And when I'm starting to stack up my board and score these guys, I'm looking for guys that can separate themselves from the pack. And Evan Hall doesn't have a single skill that I think separates himself from the pack. My top three traits among running backs, Derek, okay. are this. Well, for, for the running side of the, of the game. Okay. You need vision. Yep. You need burst. And you okay. need to the ability to create beyond your blockers. I think yep. Evan Hall checks one of those boxes. He plays with tremendous vision. I don't think he creates beyond his blockers at all. And I think the numbers bear that out as well. And they do not. They do not. What do you mean? Uh, come on. Go, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> and I don't think he has any burst whatsoever. Golly, man, just burying that dude. <sighs> so sell, okay. so you sell me then. Let's go. Okay, so as we were talking about this in Mobile and you brought up his yards after contacts and stuff, I, I, I told you then and I'm going to tell you now. We need a, we need some context here because, first of all, the Northwestern offensive line outside of Skaronsky is total doo-doo butter. They have been over the last two years. They've been outside the top 100, top 120 in adjusted line yards. Um, so you're talking about create I, I, I love, that's one of the reasons. And I, I, I look at the same things for running backs, Brett. Like I look at, can you create what's your vision and what's your footwork? Like basically what, 
running backs, I want to see you be able to create plays and yards on your own because that allows you to be landing spot agnostic. You can go anywhere and your ability to create is your ability to create. doesn't matter. We can put you behind a bad offensive line, a good offensive line. It doesn't matter. I mean, the increased level of blocking will help you in the sense of like, if you're a creator already, then it's going to boost you even higher. But I look at Evan Hall as a creator. Like, yes, his last year's numbers on the ground were not great. He was outside the top 95 running backs uh, in yards under contact per attempt, breakaway rate, and elusivity. But, again, bad offensive line. Northwestern's entire offense was basically crap. It was try to stop Evan Hall, and if you can do that, okay, well, then Northwestern's probably not going to do anything. But if you look back to 2021, I think we got a better idea of, as far as from an efficiency standpoint and the metrics of who Evan Hall is. In 2021, he was, and this is amongst all running backs with at least 100 carries, he was 39th in yards after contact per attempt, tied with Israel Abanacanda. He was 33rd in breakaway run rate and 38th in PFF elusive rating and 23rd in missed tackles forced. Now, I don't use missed tackles forced a ton because, honestly, it's just a volume stat. It's like if you could break tackles and you get a lot of carries, a good bit of work, you're probably going to rank decent. I like missed tackles forced per touch, but yeah. Yes, and that and that's honestly why I go with, with yards after contact per attempt and the other elusivity metrics more than I go with missed tackles forced because it's a volume stat. But yeah. this is all to say that I think Evan Hall, and he shows that he can create on his own. And, and if you turn on the film – his footwork is fantastic, man. Like he is able to sit here and, and sidestep guys in the, in the second level in the hole, basically in the backfield. Um, I think that he wins with not only his footwork. Like I think he's going to test well in the lateral agility drills um, just based off of what he does on film. Um, you see a lot of runs that if he didn't have the footwork and the lateral agility that he has, he would not have gotten five yards. He would not have gotten two yards. He'd have already been stopped in the backfield. And the thing that we haven't talked about yet and that big media doesn't want you to know about and that, that Brett has buried <laughs> the lead on is that if you go back to last year, you taught you hear about all these skill sets of running backs, Brett. Mm-hmm. And people talk about the really good receiving backs out of this class. And you're going to hear the names of Jameer Gibbs brought up immediately. You're probably going to hear Kenny McIntosh brought up immediately Maybe um, a few other guys get into that conversation. Maybe somebody's really high on Tajay Spears. But what big media won't tell you is that Evan Hall quietly led all FBS running backs in receiving yards last year. The entirety of them. Everybody. First. Top of the hill. Okay. As well as he was seventh in yards per route run amongst all running backs. It's a volume stat. Okay. So the yards per route run is a volume stat? 100%. 100%. Now, Northwestern had no one to throw the ball to. They dump it to Evan Hall every other play. Okay. And so, but he did things with it and he rated really well. As he didn't well do as anything he... with it. Watch the tape, Derek. Oh, my How? God. Okay. All right. Let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. Beyond the numbers, what uh-huh. trait are you hanging your hat on? Oh, but I do want to address one thing. The, the Evan Hall being good when he gets early penetration is not a result of his footwork, in my opinion. That's a result of his vision. 
I think okay. he I think he has I very good vision. That. He he identifies early penetrators quickly and knows how to subsequently subsequently deal with them. Uh, which is good. That's his best trait by far. That's why he so Evan Hall to me, Derek, is the quintessential running backs don't matter running back. God. So listen why. Because this is a guy wow. he'll he'll get drafted on day three. He'll be in the fifth round. In three years from now, Derek, you and I will be watching Jacksonville versus Kansas City in the playoffs. And Evan Hall will run for 100 yards on Kansas City. And you're going to say, and we're going to text each other, and you're going to be like, man, I told you Evan Hall was good. And I'm going to say, man, I told you running backs don't matter. And that's where we're at. And it's so true. This is a guy we'll be texting about. See, this is why you don't need to draft a running back in the first round because you can grab an Evan Hall on day three. I mean, I I don't think he's going to go high. And I, I can't disagree with you that he is in the the category of guys that are off of the first and second tier. Like, yeah. Bijan Gibbs are in their own tiers. And then you've got a large scrum of guys behind them. Mm-hmm. Now, where I think Evan Hall can help himself a lot is how is he going to test at the combine? And I think that I put him as a 4-5 guy. Um he personally told me he's going to run in the four fours. I don't know if that's going to be the case, but he does have a track background. Maybe we see him cut weight and run in a four fours. I, I would be surprised <laughs> if it happens. I, I put him as a four five guy, but I think he's going to test well in the short area stuff, man. I mean, do you disagree with that? I mean, what you see on tape when he gets in the open field, he doesn't have the juice to, to change um, angles of defenders at all. That's why, that's why he like, he's, like he's your open field guy, he just settles for lowering his shoulder and plowing into guys. Well, see, I, I think he settles on um I think I think really the trump card there is when he's in the open field. One, I think he does have enough acceleration to you see him flash a second gear once he gets into the second level. Now, is he is he a home run guy? No. I mean, honestly, my the way that I, I look at Evan Hall is I look at he is going to win with vision and his footwork, and I think his short area. His his long speed or even his just raw speed is not going to be how he wins. But honestly, that's why when I watch Evan Hall, I see, and this is not a perfect one-for-one, one, but I see a lot of the same skills to a slightly lesser degree as when I watched Ramondre Stevenson coming out. Whoa. See, I like Stevenson was a was a yards created king, man. Yep, he was. Yeah. He was. And I think Evan Hall is gonna surprise people, man. I think here's the thing. If I think if he tests well, I think that he's gonna sit here and rise up some boards. Put it that way. Because okay. he's got the size and he has the pass game utility. Like him, like so after you get past the top two, three guys. I think you got him, maybe Tajay Spears weighing in over 200 pounds and Kenny McIntosh. And those are the guys that I think that like, could a team take those guys in round four and they fall into workhorse type roles. Those are the guys that I think that small bucket that could, because they have the pass game upside that they have the ability to play on all three downs. Right on. All right. So where would you take, where would you be willing to take Evan Hall? Are you are you willing to, to plant your flag and say end end of day two I would take him? I would take him. I think I would take him at the the back end of round three, round four. That that's okay. that's honestly where I think he I think he could go round four in the NFL draft. Um, if he goes round three now again, I think if you uh, the other part about this is I think he's more scheme versatile. 
So I think if you're looking at a team that also, depending on you know what pillars their run game scheme is also built upon, is going to change the dynamic just a little bit. Yeah. Um, like, do I think that he's a guy you're going to sit here and draft and run outside zone and stretch plays for? No. Can he? Could he go to somewhere like Arizona and they run a good bit of inside zone, and you see his vision and his interior running and his lateral agility kind of show off some of those things? Yeah, I could see that. Okay. Right on. Yeah, I mean, we're we're probably two rounds off on him. I, I I'm probably yeah. I mean, I think the fifth round. I think that the problem earliest. with Evan Hall. The problem, well, not with the problem for Evan Hall, is that this damn running back class is is pretty deep. Like yeah, very deep. There is there is a large amount of guys that are probably going to test okay that all fall in the yeah. I'm five ten to five eleven. I'm two hundred to two twenty, and it, it honestly. The problem is, is that, that there's a lot of guys that are going to factor in and be like one A's, like early down compliments and committees and stuff. And where does Evan Hall fall in that hierarchy for NFL teams? Yep. I agree. All right. Derek, thank you so much for joining me today. It was a pleasure. We'll have you on again before the draft. I know that for sure. Oh, absolutely, dude. We, we got to so. talk more prospects and we got to fight some more on these guys uh, outside yeah. of uh, – uh, text and call conversations, my friend. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> maybe we should just record our phone calls and just post them as I w- Maybe we should. Yeah. Although some of those things are a little bit X-rated. I don't know if the people are ready for it, <laughs> but, you know, it is what it is. Awesome. Well, we got to get out of here. Derek, thanks again so much. Listeners, I will be back tomorrow with another episode of On the Clock. And we are out. Thanks for tuning in to this edition of the Fantasy Points Podcast. Remember to subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite platform. And come join the roster at FantasyPoints.com.